the title of my message the last few weeks has been Faith Works, but we've still been on our Team Church series, and uh, so I kind of took it in that direction, Faith Works, and it's a play on words, Faith Works. Uh, and you could, I mean, we could work that play on words in a lot of different ways, uh, right? Uh, how that faith is powerful and that it does great things for us. I want to go to Genesis uh, chapter 12. Today I want to talk a little bit, the, the last couple of weeks I've spent a little bit of time talking about the reward of faith expression, the reward of serving, the reward of serving on a team and with a team. Uh, we have to recognize that Christianity is not an individual thing alone, that that Christianity is the development of a nation. And that uh, even as it began with Abram, who then uh, became, by obedience to the call of God, Abraham, it was the development. What God had in mind was the development of a nation. And I, I only say that, and I'll, I will allude to that, and maybe uh, more and more there might be uh, some stimulation toward that particular train of thought in our midst, but because uh, American Christianity has in some ways taken a bit of a divergent track toward an individualism and an individualistic-ism in so much that uh, we've forgotten that we've been brought together uh, to form a nation that the kingdom of God is a nation. We've been called out of every tribe, out of every tongue, out of every people, that we might become a new, a new nation. Amen? Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, and it's, it's the reverse, by the way. It is the reverse in many ways uh, of what we saw in Genesis 9, uh, where God identified who would be blessed uh, in Noah's sons and grandchildren, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It's the reverse of Genesis 11, where the nations are scattered and the nations are separated, right? The Tower of Babel. This is the reverse of that. God is calling the nations back together under the Messiah. He's calling the nations back together that they might come together in the last Adam to become a new nation. We are a nation of kings and priests unto our God. Amen? Am I saying things you already know? Yes. Hallelujah. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. Is that right? This is, uh, this is not coffee. This is hot water. I know, you needed to know that. Um, it's good for the cords, and I'm trying to protect my vocal cords, and so uh, that's why I'm going to attempt to stay seated today again. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, are you there? Genesis chapter 12, uh, and I think that's the NIV, is that right, Brad? If I told you we could hover on the NIV today. So Genesis chapter 12, this is the calling of Abram, though, and this, this was coming to my mind as we were thinking about faith works, as we were thinking about 
putting our faith to work and making sure that our faith works. You know, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says that faith worketh by love. In fact, is that is the, the longevity of the working of faith uh, will be by love. It won't be because I get paid to do this. It won't be because I need attention, so I'm going to do this. It won't be because I find my identity uh, in this, uh, and so others think I'm cool when I do this, or I'm trying to earn my way into something. Um, the, the, the best longevity to uh, consistent expressions of you using your faith to move mountains not only for you but for others will be uh, loving well, yielding to the love of the Father, cooperating with the love of the Father, accepting the love of the Father for others. While they were yet sinners, Christ died for them. How many of you know while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you? And it, we're told there in Romans chapter 5, 8, that that is an expression of love. The ultimate expression of love is the sacrificial work of Jesus when we were unworthy. And uh, the working of our faith, this is, this is God compelling us. God is compelling us now that we would love likewise in the same way that we would find those that are unworthy and that while they are yet unworthy, while they are yet sinners, that we would die a little bit for them. Genesis chapter 12, uh, 1 and 2. Uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household. By the way, this is who we trace, uh, this is who we trace our roots to, right? This is who uh, Christianity tra traces their roots to Abram, or who became Abraham, uh, because he's the father of faith, and uh, his relationship with father was born of faith, and he responded in following father with faith, and the, the Messiah has come out of his lineage. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you, in verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make you into a great nation. Now, if, if we are, now we're told in Galatians 3, Galatians 4, Romans 3, Romans 4, we're told very clearly that we are now the sons of Abraham, that we are the heirs of Abraham, that what Christ did in his work was to re restore us to the promise made to Abraham. And what Paul says, as Paul talks, he says that the law came in because of the increase of transgression, but when the law came in, it didn't invalidate the promise. And now that the law has been fulfilled, we are restored to the promise, and he who promised, and so we are now, uh, you can leave it up if you want, I like it, I want to come back to it. So we are now uh, reconnected to the promise made to Abraham, right? Is that all right? And so, but I want you to catch this. I will make you into a great nation. We aren't just, a be we have not just been made into great individual Christians uh, who we just kind of, 
you know, we're just watching over our little Christian life and our little Christian world, and we got our little own little Christian thing going on, and uh, and we're disconnected. Or and I think this is prob this is part of the problem. You know, if we could, this, the message is not on this, but if we could identify some problems in America or in Western culture or Western society uh, with the with the church, wherein we see. Uh, American culture, we've seen it actually devolving in the midst of a, a thriving and growing church. How could that be? How could we have culture devolving and falling into more corruption while uh, the church is actually increasing? How could that happen? It's, it's because in America, we have far too much accepted an individualistic perspective on Christianity. So we're not seeing ourselves as a nation of influence, and we're not engaging with culture. And then, of course, one of the things that I abhor is we've had over 100 years of eschatology, end times teaching that's been telling us that we are to pull out of culture and pull out of society and let it go to hell, and that's fulfillment. I hope you don't like that kind of teaching. Because you've got to stay alive while it's going to hell in a handbasket, so why would you want to live in the middle of that? Right? So anyway, I, just, I wanted to point out here, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will what? Bless you. I will what? Did you know that you have God's Word? I mean, I don't know how you consider God's Word. I'm not sure how you revere it, how you esteem it, how you believe it, how do you talk to yourself about it. But, I mean, this is, this is the covenant that you've been restored to, is you've been restored to the Abrahamic covenant, and he has sworn, he who cannot lie has sworn that he will bless you. You don't need to get up in the morning actually pursuing blessing, wondering where the blessing is coming, asking about the blessing, asking God to bless you. You need to get up in the morning with both arms open with a big old receiving smile. Get up in the morning and say, I'm ready, Dad. Okay, Father. Pour it out. Lead me where it's dumping. So much of our prayer in evangelical circles is trying to talk God into what he already swore to give us. What a waste of time. You're wasting your time trying to talk God into what he swore to give you. Why don't you listen for a minute and he'll tell you what he's about to pour out. Then he'll show you what to bind and what to confront so that it will be sure and get to you. And what might need to be bound and confronted is the fear, the worry, the anxiety, and the greed within you. Boy, that's good preaching right there. Yeah. Woo! I will bless you. You've got to be convinced of that. I think the majority of us aren't convinced of that. That's why I allude to it. And I will make your name great. You, aren't, you, you don't need to make, worry about your, your name being great. Uh, you are a part of a nation of whom this nation is the head and not the tail, above and not beneath of whom the, you are a part of the nation now, of whom uh, all other nations bring the wealth to. 
I mean, we just start looking at Isaiah 57, 58, 59, 60, 61. Nations will come to your light. Nations will come. Other nations will come. And they will come and they will say, how can we serve you? And they will come and bring their wealth. Do you believe this stuff? Well, I haven't seen it happen. I don't know. It hasn't happened for me. I'm still flipping burgers at McDonald's. Well, maybe that's why you're still flipping burgers at McDonald's. Maybe you need to believe it will happen to you. Maybe you this is where you, if you're not spending faith dollars, I mean, the kingdom doesn't operate on any other economy. You've got to enter into the faith realm and begin to agree with God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and when all hell breaks out against you on that day as well. So I want you to go on, though. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And you will be this nation that you've been brought into, that you are now a citizen of, um, who, of whom, by the way, uh, your, your, uh, your economic, your economic, uh, I mean, everything about, you know, if we looked at this from a national aspect, uh, being a citizen of heaven, taking up now residency from heaven. Uh, if we look at this in, in true metaphoric analysis, uh, we are so connected to the resources of heaven, the blessing of heaven, the, the, the command of favor and, and goodness from heaven uh, that we, we, we don't need to worry we don't need to worry. This is why we find Jesus saying uh, over the disciples in Matthew 6, you know, the Gentiles, those who don't have a covenant, those who don't have a father, those who weren't called out of Ur of the Chaldees, those who don't know the Abrahamic blessing, uh, they are worried about clo clothing and food and money and vacations and travel and tires and stuff all the time. But you don't need to worry about that stuff because your father knows that you need all those things. But you, you seek first the nation. You seek first the kingdom. You seek first to prosper, to profit, to build the kingdom, and to know, to become intimate with his righteousness, and all these things shall be... Shall be what? Added to you. You even know the verse. So I want, I want, I'm alluding to something here. This is the original promise. And you, sh and you will be a blessing. And you will be a what? God was creating a nation that not only would be the light of the nations, but God was. Am I shedding? Do you see this now? It's like my toupee is falling apart. Wow, I don't know what's up. Whew. God was in Abraham creating a nation that would not only be the light of the world, but that would be the blessing of the world. He didn't say, uh, and I will make your name great, and you will be a tither. Oh, uh, whew, yeah, I used my card there. I put it on the envelope. Okay, done with that for this week. Glory to God. Now I can live for me.
Yeah, but 1,600 people perished of drug addiction in the last year in Pierce County. Oh, but I tithe. <laughs> I, I, I tithe. I'm, I'm a blessing. <laughs> I'm just a huge blessing. I, 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 I tithe. No, he created a nation of those who, because all their needs are met, they don't have to be consumed with getting their needs met. Rather, they can shift their desire, shift their heart, shift their passion, shift their perspective. They can be consumed with being a blessing. The, big, the bigger prayer for us is not praying that God would bless us, but God would show us where to be a blessing. Because you probably don't know exactly where to be a blessing, but this one thing you do know, he swore to bless you. So once you're done uh, uh, schooling your heart and conquering the fears and the... I, I, I know what it's like. I, I know what it's like. I eluded the ministry calling. I ran from God. Joel likes to talk about me wanting to be a country western singer or this or that. Well, I mean... You know, the, I mean, she likes to joke about that, but, uh, but really what was going on is that uh, I was running from God. Um, any Jonas in the building today? Uh, I was running from God. How, how, now, for me, I was running from God because uh, it's a very common, this is a very common fear and I think this fear is harming the church and harming the fulfillment of that word right there in more ways than we know is because uh, I was afraid of being poor. Uh, I saw all around me in my tradition poor Christians. I wasn't smart enough at 19, 20, and 21 to recognize that maybe they were faithless Christians. Maybe they were unschooled Christians. Maybe they were undisciplined Christians. Maybe they were addicted Christians. Maybe they were in bondage Christians. Maybe they just had bitterness of heart. You know, if we don't forgive one another, Father stops answering our prayers. That's Matthew 6, 14. How many Christians are sitting in the room and they aren't prospering in their soul? Third John 2. And if you stop prospering in your soul, you're going to stop prospering in your life. So we, we don't know exactly why the Christians around us aren't seeing the goodness of God. But at 19, 20, 21, I saw that around me, and that scared me. I didn't know of that. I didn't even know of that promise. I didn't have that memorized. I didn't, I didn't know of that right there. I'll tell you that. I didn't know that God promised to bless me. So all of my serving as a young man was just serving because I felt like I needed to, felt like I had to, and because I loved the Lord. I didn't realize that actually you could serve out of the faith 
that I'm blessed. Why, why, why are you down there doing that? Why are you, why are you working at the mission? Why are, you, why are you spending those days at that outreach? Why, why are you doing what you're doing? Because I'm blessed. Because I'm blessed. And the blessing of one who's blessed starts with what's in their hand. It doesn't start in the future. And it doesn't start when I get perfect. It starts with what's in my hand. It starts with what's in my hand. It starts with what's in my hand. What's in your hand? Start blessing with what's in your hand. How perfect are you? Not very. Start blessing with the imperfection you have. Hide in him. Hide in Jesus, as Craig was saying. Hide in Jesus, right? And start working what you have. Start working the revelation you have. The, the most powerful thing that you can do for your walk, for your future, for your advancement, for your own growth, for your own prosperity, is start working with what you have. Start blessing, start giving, start pursuing, start sharing, start ministering, start, start doing something with what you have. See, the spirit of procrastination and condemnation and it... The enemy is working, and it might be tied together for you, as it was with me, to a fear of poverty, a fear of lack, a fear of not enough, a fear of, of not being one who would taste of the good things of life. Can you relate to that? Listen to a couple of scriptures about this, by the way. Proverbs 11.25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Does that sound like you can afford to refresh? Does that sound like refreshment could be coming your way if you will refresh? Proverbs 19.17, whoever is kind to the poor lends it to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Did you know in the Bible where interest is spoken of, by the way, and of course, you know, there's other scriptures like tenfold, there's hundredfold, there's thirtyfold, there's sixtyfold. But, you know, the least that you can find in the Old Testament where, where interest, where usury where usury is outlined by God, the least is 20%. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Don't you think 20% is pretty good? You're yawning. I can't believe it. You're acting like this nothing. You're getting 2% in your bank accounts, and you're thinking 20% is nothing? I mean, this is, you know, God is good. Whoever's kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Well, I don't know any poor people. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. And if you don't, you should go find them. Why? Because you're called to be a blessing. You're a nation who's called to be a blessing. I think you are the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. You are the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. You, you and me. You and me, we are. Hello, somebody? Somehow we've got to allow God to break us out of a church attendance model. 
out of an individualistic Christian model, out of a it's all about me model, because the all about me is keeping us from the very thing. See, we're actually holding on to our life more than we actually realize, and so we're losing our lives. But if you lose your life, you find your life. The, these are scriptural truths, and so, so God wants to bless you. As Craig was talking about, God wants to bless you more than you want to get blessed. But he also wants to partner with you in being a blessing. And when you start withholding, either intentionally, consciously, subconsciously, due to fear, you're allowing something to sabotage due to amusement or entertainment, due to distraction, due to folly, due to a lack of self-control, due to addictions. When you start withholding the blessing, when God has blessed you, then it begins to put rocks in the, in the river. You're starting to build a dam. Proverbs 3.27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I will give it to you when you already have it in your hand. So, I, I don't know, I just, uh, I, I think that uh, one of the things that the Lord modeled and shared with us and that he's called us to uh, is that the greatest name that we would be known by, going back to Genesis chapter 12, the greatest name that we would be known by is servant. I, I got so tickled when I heard, uh, when I heard, and, and it was about a year ago or so, I was going through this material uh, from Vishal Magawati. You remember I shared with you the book that changed the Western world, and we talked about that for a little while in church. And anyway, I got so tickled when he was sharing that as the Reformation as the Reformation moved its way into the people and then the people into national culture, national transformation, national and society reformation, then it shifted from the very thing that Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. It shifted from royalty or kings or those monarchs, uh, be it in England or Britain, that's what we're familiar with, but be it in other nations, it shifted from being served and supreme, it shifted into serving. And that's where we get the prime minister. The prime minister came out of the Reformation, and it meant your first servant. The chief servant, the prime minister of a nation now, is the chief servant of the people. This, the highest calling, the highest calling that we're called to is that we would be known as those who serve, find needs and fill them. Well, they're not coming my way. Go find them. Find hurts and heal them. Well, I'm I just not around a lot of hurt people. Go find some. 
Because if we are not washing the nations, if we as this nation are not dispatched, if we are not intentional, if we are not at work, if we are not dispatched, if we are not, if we are not as he sent us, so send I you, go. If we're, if we're not doing this, then the nations are perishing. They're going to perish. So go to Mark 10, uh, 21. There's, uh, this, is, this passage is in the Synoptic Gospels, by the way. It's in the, so it's in all three. Uh, it's in Luke 22. It's in Matthew 20. Uh, Luke 22, Matthew 23, and it's in Mark 10. I've chosen to kind of read a portion of this one out of Mark 10. Uh, it, it's born out of an argument. Uh, at least one of these stories is born out of an argument. Uh, at the Last Supper, as they were coming into the Last Supper, they had an argument, and the argument, uh, as they are noting that Jesus is the Messiah and they are getting to hang out with him, they are, uh, they are in the midst of this select group that gets to hang out with the Messiah, and they're like, you know, they start arguing amongst themselves, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And, and there's this, you know, this thing that breaks out, right? When, when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Uh, James and John were saying, well, I, th I think we're going to be the greatest. I mean, look at us. Handsome, big muscles, went to school. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be served must, and whoever wants to be first, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is turning. He turned with this. He turned, and with his life, he turned all of culture on its head. He literally reversed culture. And this is where we get prime minister, first servant. And this is the greatest name that we too could bear. What's happening? What's happening in our community right now? What's happening in your community? I don't know where you live, Puyallup or Auburn or Gig Harbor or South Hill or Pierce County or South King County. I don't know, I, I, I don't know your jurisdiction, but have you cared to look to see what's going on? Can you serve at a school somewhere? Can you mentor students somewhere? Can you serve at a recovery center somewhere? Can you, has anybody gone to prison lately? Has anybody gone over to Raymond Hall? We have thousands upon thousands of fatherless children all over the place. We have an opioid and a meth addiction that is, um, I, I, have you heard about the people dying this week from fentanyl overdose? One of them was Caleb's friends.
from Emerald Ridge and from Wazoo. He died this week from a fentanyl overdose. We can make a difference. We can band together. We can work together. We can labor together. We, we can begin to ma- we can make a difference. We're called to make a difference. We are first servants. We are servants. We're servants of culture. We're servants of our community. We're servants of those who are perishing. We're servants of those who are discouraged. This is who David made a great army out of, right? David goes to the cave, and all of those who were in debt and in distress and discouraged joined themselves to him there. This is the metaphor of the empty vessels, that we would find them, that we would gather empty vessels and fill them with what God's given us. What's keeping us from doing it? It's the greatest calling, the greatest calling. Uh, You don't need a rhema on this. Can I just tell you that? You don't need the prophet to come to you and say, oh, I see you serving. No, no, no. When you came into the Abrahamic kingdom, you were called into a nation to be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. Well, I, I, think, I think I just, I leave that to the ministers. We've got a lot of ministers down there at the church. Now, you know what ministers are? You know what ministers are? Modern-day ministers? See, the New Testament was to break the mold of the Old Testament ministry, but the church still functions under the Old Testament cloth, the Old Testament garment, the Old Testament wineskin. What do I mean by that? We tithe and then expect the clergy to do our work for us while we go live our secular life and ignore all of those around us and watch TV every night and entertain ourselves with stupidity. No, 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 no. The New Testament broke that mold. The New Testament minister is an equipper. Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus gave equipping gifts to those who would be called in offices at the local church that they would serve those who are joined to that church so that those who are served by the equippers would become ministers. So we are equipped for ministry. You know who the true ministers are? You. You're the true ministers. We are still under a wineskin where we expect to get paid or a parking spot or something for doing something for the clergy because we took a load off of them that they didn't have to do, but they should have had to do it because we tithe here. I mean, after all, they're the ministers. So I suppose if they pay me, I'll do it. That's called a hireling. You're not a hireling. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a volunteer in God's army. You're a volunteer in God's army. And when you refuse to do it, I heard somebody say yesterday, this is really cool, they said, you know, growing up, and I can, I can relate to this, they said, growing up, 
He said, growing up, I didn't get involved in Christian service and the ministries of our church, and I didn't get involved in some of the expressions that were available, and I said no to some stuff that came along because of my children. So I ended up serving my children, but he said, now I see what a mistake it was because I didn't teach them to serve. What I should have done was served with my children. I need the band to come, and we need to close, and I, uh, I need you to stand when you're ready. I'm just praying for us. I think there's so much more we can do as, as an expression of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. There, there's more that we can do. I, I'm just praying that God will uh, provoke us and arouse us and awaken us and re-envision us and re-engage us. Not only is it the highest calling, it's, it's the coolest calling. It's the funnest calling. It's the, it's the most rewarding calling. To serve. To serve. To serve. Did you know God is actually, uh, there's so many of you in this room, that God is actually depositing ministries into that are meant to be birthed. But you've been afraid of what it would cost you. And I want to tell you, it's not going to cost you. It's going to rather produce blessing for you. What is it uh, in, uh, in the United States? One out of every five new businesses fails in the first year or something like that. It's really high. throw everything into something, next thing you know, you're bankrupt, you're in trouble financially. God wants you to know you throw everything into a kingdom calling. You won't go out of business, you won't be bankrupt. The first year might be tough, the next year is going to be crazy, better. Third year is going to be more amazing than that. The fourth year is going to be even more amazing than that. And if you'll build with Father, He'll build with you. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. What, what thinking is sabotaging uh, your, your ministry expression, your intentional, exuberant expression of serving the wounded in our culture, the broken in our culture, the addicted in our culture? What thinking is sabotaging? I, I talked to you about me. It was a fear of poverty. I had to conquer that fear. It was a fear of going without, a fear of not having stuff, a fear of what it would cost me. I had to conquer that fear. I had to look it in the face. I had to overcome it. I, I had made a vow. I, I had to conquer an inner vow. I had made a vow that uh, I was never going to be poor, and I had married that vow 
the wrong thoughts about the ministry. So instead of running to what God was calling me to, I was running from what God was calling me to. And Father wants you to know something. He, he wants you to stop looking at uh, Bill and Fred and Bob and Mike and Sally and, and Frida. And he wants you to stop looking at everybody else who had a call in their life and it didn't work out well for them. And he wants you to look at Genesis 12, 1 and 2. He wants you to look at the word. He wants you to look at the promise. He has promised, he has sworn, he cannot lie that I will bless you. 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 Stop arguing with God. You might be in a whale right now. And it maybe has gone longer than three days. Because you didn't want to go to Nineveh. You say yes. You say yes, I'll go. You say yes, I'll go. As we close in worship, I'm going to open the front. I, I, I want you to come and talk to our Father. Come and talk to him. Let's bring a yes. Let's bring a yes. There's ministries in you. You're a ministry. There's ministries in you. The Father's been seeking to birth. He's been seeking to advance. He's been seeking to join you too. He's been seeking to join you too. He's been seeking to draw you out. And this is the morning of yes. This is the morning of yes. This nation, this kingdom, you are an ambassador of it. You're a king and priest of it. And it cannot and will not prosper without you participating as a minister, as a servant, as a prime minister of this kingdom. Yeah, Lord, we break vows this morning. We break vows this morning. We repent. We turn our hearts. We renounce fear of poverty. We renounce fear of poverty. We renounce every thought, every paradigm, every perspective that's been keeping us from you. Let's, let's come forward. Let's come forward. Let's just start to come forward. Just, uh, just between you and Father. I'm not going to come pray for you. Uh, just you, between you and Father, you know what he's talking to you about right now. Uh, and you know what area, what avenue, what spot, what thing of service that he's calling you to. I'll run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. So 